This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Welcome back to White Ladies in Crisis. It's a podcast dedicated to women losing their marbles. I'm Joe Lipset, and I am joined, as always, by Gina Radcliffe. Hello. As well as Jen Adams. Hello. And ladies, we are talking about Physical Season 3, Episode 8. I'm going to stop doing the episode titles because Apple TV has changed them on me, so... We're oh, they're changing to... <laughs> them, aren't they? I noticed that. <laughs> really? They're not all Madonna song titles anymore. Oh, like, no. The, yeah, the screeners were all Madonna songs, and now some of them have been changed. Yeah, mm. not impressed. I don't like it. It feels like they're pulling the rug out from under us. Right. Plus, why would you change something away from Madonna? You know, right? that's the wrong direction. <laughs> and also, it's Lean not even like it, it has a title yeah. card. So it's, you know, I don't even know why they would need to bother doing that. Yeah. Mm-mm. Maybe they were placeholders or something. Yeah. Well... Regardless of what the episode title winds up being, we're talking about season three, episode (laughs) eight. And ladies, this is a big episode, particularly for Sheila and John Bream. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I could could hear the sheer delight in Jen's voice. Yes. (laughs) She's like rubbing her hands together, like, you know. You know what, though? Here's the thing. We nearly got them to have sex again. Uh-huh. And then fucking Danny. Fucking Danny ruins everything. <laughs> we had car sex on the cusp. Oh, Come my on. gosh. I know. And like, goodbye, hot car sex. Yeah. yeah. She was ready for it, too. I mean, she, she showed was. up in her nighty. Mm-hmm. To, to, you know, just I just want to say goodbye. Can yeah. I just say goodbye? <laughs> oh, she went there with a purpose. But oh, also, yeah. <laughs> I mean, who had on their bingo card that John Bream would pack up his entire life and move to New Mexico with Maria to <laughs> Not start? Not even New over? Mexico, like Mexico, regular Mexico. Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we are one step closer to that spinoff with John Bream and <laughs> your boyfriend. Because Tyler is down in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Oh, I will die. If Can that I tell happens. you guys, I'm jumping a little bit ahead for this episode, but mm-hmm. when she was starting to recruit instructors, yes. I was uh-huh. like, she ought, to, she ought to try to track down Bunny. That's right. what I thought. I, I thought, thought that, that would, too. Yes. Bunny was a great instructor. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. And she did roller skating. That was her, like, she tried to pivot to roller skating aerobics, but Tyler couldn't film it or something. And I, I right. thought it was going to be Bunny when she showed up to the roller rink, but... Mm. I'm not going to lie, this felt very not 1983 when Sheila and Greta start recruiting instructors because they've decided they're going to franchise this out. It's not Body by Sheila anymore. It's for everybody. And when they went to the strip club and the roller rink, I just thought, okay, one of these things is very 1983 and the other one feels too 
progressive for the time. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I wasn't going to strip clubs in 1983, but but I think that more athletic style of stripping is a much more of a contemporary thing yes. than, it, than it was in the 80s, like where you're yeah. kind of like lifting your entire body up on the pole and all. Mm-hmm. And recognizing it as aerobics or like right, exercise right, right, right. too. Yeah, yeah, I think I even, even, as, even as much of a feminist as Sheila you purports herself to be, I don't know that she would look at, I mean, at stripping as being like just the same thing as doing aerobics. Mm-hmm. I agree, but and Gina, I thought about you. Did you notice Greta just blurt out lesbians? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder if she was like, "Hey, we could go to the strip club and try to recruit people." <laughs> Pottery lesbians. I do like her affectionate little pat on the one stripper's butt uh-huh. when she's uh, putting the the flyer in her in her in her, in her, in her like her underwear yeah. waistband. But also, that's gauche. At least put some money in there as well. Yeah, right. oh, yeah. they should fold up, you know, some 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 bucks and that, <laughs> that that flyer. No, that's <laughs> she's teaching them to fish rather than giving them a fish. Oh my gosh, Jen! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's a step. That's a step away from. Yeah, like, you can put both in there. You can give her the money. The, their customers like giving them a folded bill, and and then they open it up, and it says like, you know, Jesus Christ is Lord or oh, something. <laughs> <laughs> You're exactly right, yeah. <laughs> when John Bream goes to the strip club. Oh, oh my god. Uh-huh. Oh god. <laughs> That's what a deeply uncomfortable experience that is for everybody. Ooh. But like uncomfortably hot too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well let, let's stick with Sheila and Greta because we do open this episode with exactly what we wanted last week, mm-hmm. which was them chowing down on burgers and reuniting the friendship. Yes. Yes, it was perfect. I loved it. I love how Greta was so open to changes, you know, like when I get feedback, sometimes I have to take a beat to like remind Mm -hmm. myself this is not personal, you know, and let's just like embrace this new idea. And Greta just rolls with it. She's like, okay, well, you don't want it to be bodied by Sheila anymore. So what do we want to do? And I just loved it. I, I was thinking, this is why they work so well together, you know? Yeah, and I think it's a it's a great idea that he'd do as soon as possible to separate yeah. the business from from Ernie because right. mm-hmm. you know I think that is the only way that Greta can stay happy and not put so much pressure on on Sheila to succeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and we didn't get that conversation where Greta was like, "I want to talk to you about Ernie." That I was no. kind of wanting, but I think we got enough. To, like, imply that maybe they're going to talk about it later. And I don't think Greta's, like, specifically trying to hide anything, you know? Mm-hmm. But I was also interested, like, she Greta wants to separate it from Ernie. And Sheila wants to, like, separate it from herself, you know? Right. Or at least, like, the image of herself, which I thought was a really great step in the right direction also. Yeah, it's... Like I was reminiscing on the conversation we had about the support group that she was having with the other women who have disordered eating and how she kept making it all about her. Mm-hmm. And here it's like the light bulb moment, you're right, where all of a sudden she realizes this isn't about me. It needs to be something so much bigger. It needs to be about women coming together. Mm-hmm. And when I can find that community for myself, I am happier, you know? Mm-hmm. Basically, she invented curbs. Yes, exactly <laughs> that. I was like, is the YMCA already a thing at this point? I was trying to figure out. Mm. Probably. Yeah, there's, there's Curbs and there's another chain, I think called like Lucille Roberts or something, where what? it's all where it's all women. Mm-hmm. 
it's an all female uh, uh, clientele, mm-hmm. and so you have less of that pressure to show up in like you know a skimpy outfit, and mm-hmm. you know there's not so much. It's more you know on health rather than than weight loss. So right. yeah, she kind of inadvertently invented curves, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I also love all of the different uh, classes and the, like the community that she wants to build. I think the one thing that hit me a little bit wrong was when the uh, instructors that they were interviewing like couldn't understand it and then seconds later they got it. I was like, yeah. Yeah. I think that was just kind of a little humorous beat. But like I yeah. love this this idea. I think it sounds perfect, you know? It sounds like exactly what Sheila has been really kind of seeking for the whole show even when she didn't realize that's what she wanted, you know? I'm curious. How did you two feel about the speed of the conversation when Sheila and Greta were doing their brainstorming and even later when they were like, okay, we're expanding upon it. It actually started to feel a little manic to me. Mm -hmm. Like I get that it was, you know, oh, we're finally clicking. We're both so in sync and that kind of stuff. But it was also like very echo chambery. And I almost got a little nervous for them. They were getting so excited, but also ahead of themselves. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. And and I think that, you know, I, I, I always hate being the voice of reason in these situations. <laughs> but, you know, you do have to kind of break down like, okay, what can we do right now? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and what can we do like a year from now, five years from now, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, some of this stuff, I mean, unfortunately, a lot of it isn't feasible now. No, you know, for 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 one reason or another, mostly you know lack of finances or mm-hmm. or you know, you know lack of capital, but you know yeah, I mean she she is setting herself. I mean I don't think she does fail in the end. I mean I think I think what we get in the the very very end is a sort of modified version of what she's trying to do with mm-hmm. uh, with Greta, but you know she's setting herself up for more disappointment, which means she's going to look at herself as a failure again. Hmm. Mm. Well, it's interesting because the first half of the episode really feels about getting the girls back together, pitching these ideas, and then we shop it around to the bank and we get that great panning shot as we go from (laughs) male bank manager to male bank manager to male bank manager and none of them understand and they would rather play putt-putt in their office than listen to the ladies. And then all of a sudden we hit on this great idea and it's something we have been talking about Mm -hmm. for three seasons, which is Sheila goes to Maria, but also then it transitions the focus away from their business venture to the Sheila and John Bream show because he's decided he can't be involved in this anymore. So I thought that was interesting because the episode ended and I was satisfied and, you know, it's a great comedic stinger when they discovered Danny with Fidelia in the <laughs> shop. But also I was like, oh, wait, we never really got any closure about what's happening with the financing. Yeah, no, there's just, it's, it's never actually, this never brought up. I, I mean, to her credit, Maria doesn't instantly just throw out the, the flyer or flush right? it down the toilet or mm-hmm. force Sean to eat it or anything like that. <laughs> she's just like, you know, you know, Sheila visited me. She wanted me to give you this. So you could tell yeah. she's pissed. You could tell she's pissed, but. Oh, yeah. And she has a right to be. You know, she absolutely you know? does. I mean, I'm like, like Sheila, my God, the ball's on you i know but man when she showed up i was like they're doing it they're doing it i was so excited it's like oh my gosh they're i I think it just feels a little rushed you know well yeah we 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 talked about this that they're they're really hurrying to 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 Mm -hmm. you know wrap every storyline up in in a way that you know is probably in in some cases going to feel a little unsatisfying 
Yeah. But yeah. I would rather them take these swings. Big swings. And they're paying off. They are. Exactly. I was so happy when I saw her show up at the soup kitchen. Plus the whole comedic moment of like the left hand is for chili, the right hand is for the Lord. I just, I loved <laughs> God. <laughs> it was like, just give them the fucking chili, Maria. <laughs> that oh poor lady. God. She's just smiling at you because she wants some food. <laughs> yeah, she, but you can tell Maria is like, yeah, you know, in a different, you know, under different circumstances, this would sound great. Yeah. But mm-hmm. like you fucked my husband. <laughs> you know? Exactly. exactly. Yeah, it's hard to get over that. Yeah, you're right. To the point where I almost thought I know that Sheila has the relationship with the Breams, but wouldn't it have been better to have sent Greta? Right. Yeah, yeah. I think it would have been. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a little. I'm glad she went to Maria, but I. Mm-hmm. It probably would have been better for her to go to John. You yes. know. Yeah, but I don't think she could trust herself around no. him, and, and and clearly she can. I mean, <laughs> right. Right, she's right not to. <laughs> Bring up the nighty. I'm off to see John Bree. <laughs> yeah, you can't mu- you can't muddy up a business relationship with yeah. you know this ongoing, at least very sexually charged uh, uh, interaction with each other. That's mm-hmm. true. And I guess going to Maria is kind of her saying. I'm respecting the boundaries. Exactly. Yeah. And I see it. And this this thing that John and I had is over. Or maybe it can transition into a new phase, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that she does want to to help Maria. I, think I so. do too. Maybe not necessarily out of some sense of altruism, more to kind of, you know, relieve herself whatever guilt she might feel for for getting in their in their you know in the way of their relationship i mean i think she does you know feel some sort of distant compassion for her yeah Mm -hmm. and i think it's like a proof of concept kind of thing too you know if we can get Maria on board, we can right. get any woman in America and the right, world. Right, 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 <laughs> right. And it's also like CrossFit, you know, like when you find something that makes you feel so good, you got to talk about it to everybody, you know, oh, so boy. I think there's a little oh. bit of that too. <laughs> oh yeah, it's not entire, it's like I said, it's not entirely altruistic. But you know, I she, agree. I think yeah. there is, I think, I don't know if she recognizes that though, mm-hmm. you know, but I think that is part of it. Or maybe she wants a threesome, you know. Oh. I don't think Bria's gonna go for that. <laughs> I'm sorry. At the end of the episode, when they were all for, I was like, "Can't we all just have some fun?" You know? I was like, some? <laughs> you know, Danny was thinking that. Uh so I want to talk about the phone call that Sheila has with John Breen because at this point he has made up his mind because Maria says, "You and Sheila are not over. She came to visit me, and I'm calling it right now." And he says, "Okay, we're going to pack up our lives. The time is now. We're moving down south to that plot of land that we've always talked about." And then he calls Sheila. I think a lot of this episode, and spoiler alert, the next episode, were filmed really beautifully. Mm-hmm. But I love this phone call where John Bream calls Sheila, and she's so excited about the business plan. She's still got a little bit of that manic energy from convos with Greta. And then it slips into this immense sense of loss. Like, mm-hmm. Rose Byrne plays the transition from, I'm a businesswoman, let's talk money, to maybe the love of my life is suddenly up and leaving and i don't know how to process it oh yeah she she's just like crushed that that he's leaving yeah and i think part of it is 
the hotness, you know. Mm-hmm. But I also think that she has found in that relationship, you know, it's kind of what we've been talking about when they had their little impromptu informal therapy. Like, right. I think she really values that relationship for more than sex, you know. And when we hear her talk to Carlos, like, I think she really has kind of been looking up to John Bream's ambition, you know, and who he is. So I don't know how much... I think there's probably 50-50 she wants to be with him and 50% she wants to be him. And he's kind of like this, there's a word I'm looking for, like inspirational, business confident leader man that she wants like a to men- be. Like a mentor? Mentor, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I think is sweet. Yeah, it, it was really telling. Like, this is basically the end of Carlos and Sheila. He's... Yeah on the verge of moving in he's leaving things at the house and all she's doing is talking about how excited she is about this business venture and he gets mad at her and then she claps back at him and i loved this speech like normally carlos has been the voice of reason this season and sheila has been a little bit you know back and forth you know Mm -hmm. it's it's sheila so sometimes she's easy (laughs) to love and other times you're like sheila girl what the fuck are you doing (laughs) But I loved her talk about how ambition is sexy and he could learn a thing or two. Like, I think it was absolutely the wrong thing to say to Carlos. And this is the death knell of their relationship. But it was empowering. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I think it more than anything kind of showed me that they are just not really suited for no. a while. No, he's not. A, he's, he's, he's a perfectly nice guy. I think yes. he just, he just needs, you know, someone who's a lot more laid back. And yeah. Yeah. last thing you would describe Sheila as is laid back. Right. But <laughs> no. he was exactly what she needed at that time. And yeah. I think part of like growth and part, well, from speaking for myself, part of learning about like being an adult is realizing that, that there are like seasons of your life. And that doesn't mean they have to be, forever seasons but i think he i hate to say he served his purpose and now mm-hmm. they can move on but that's yeah. kind of what it is from sheila's he was kind of a re- he was kind of a rebound he was a rebound really? and he was good for her for the yeah. for her eating disorder also yeah yes. i mean that's definitely yeah like she like she kind of tore into that burger which i was so happy to see yes. mm-hmm. like she didn't have that kind of like in earlier seasons she would eat like regular food she kind of wince yeah. Like it was like like the act just the mere act of chewing was like so repulsive to her that she couldn't take it, and now she's just like, nop, nop, and it was, Food it was can so be enjoyable. It, it was so good to see. <laughs> Did we hear the voice at all in this episode? I don't think we've heard it for a while, right? Uh, Other than Kelly, not not in this one. No, everything is external. Okay, which is good. That's progress too. You know, and she was. Yeah, she was, like, talking with her mouth full. Like, it just felt like a healthy conversation over a meal, which I think it's easy to understate, like, what an accomplishment that is for oh, someone absolutely. like Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, well, why don't we switch over and talk a little bit about Danny. So he oh. kicks off the episode planning to break up with Bedelia and ends the episode fucking her in the office in front of his ex-wife and her lover, I just have one question. Mm-hmm. Where was Maya when all this was going on? <laughs> Good because, question, beca- yeah. Because uh, the sister took off. Yeah, dad yeah. is gone. Yes. Which they pan over and she's just like under one of the workout tables just eating cheese. For oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, let's, Ooh, let's talk about there. the drunk driving, <laughs> shall we? Oh. Yeah, like, I mean... It- 
Danny's going through it, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah. I, I obviously this was a terrible mistake he made, and and mm-hmm. it should not have happened. But like he, he I I don't want to like his character. I really really <laughs> don't because I, I'm still you know reflecting back on first season, but he was just such a so son of a bitch in it like just absolutely horrible and then i don't know if you know they just decided to write him in some more dimension or mm-hmm. that that was more the first season was more kind of how sheila saw him right and then and then the second season were kind of more okay this is how he actually is you know mm-hmm. you know you know, kind of a self you know he's lazy and selfish and obnoxious but you know he loves his family and you know he looks out for sheila as best as he possibly can which is unfortunately not the way she needs to be looked out for but it's you know it's without malice it's just again like carlos danny is not what she needs yeah Mm. and to his credit i do think that he realized how big of a mistake this was and how dangerous it was and and i think he was really upset and really kind of horrified by what he had done Oh, oh he was yeah he was absolutely crushed by it yeah which and i mean i i'm not gonna lie i've been there And, you know, you don't ever want to be that person. But I think sometimes it takes longer for some people to realize that Mm -hmm. they are that person than others. And I think this was a huge wake up call for him. And it just, it broke my heart to see that, you know? Also, Maya was in the front seat. That's why I'm in the front seat. Well, well I mean, d- back, in the, back in the day, that, 83, that, that, baby. that yeah. was a thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. True. I definitely, I, I was a little older than Maya at 83, but I definitely remember sitting in the front seat. You know, yeah. we used to, my brother and I used to argue about who could sit in the front seat. So I guess Oof. you're right. Yeah. Well, that's why we don't do it anymore. Right. No, right. They, you know, <laughs> go right through the damn windshield or Ooh, something. But. Yeah. Poor little Maya. Oh my gosh. She just broke my heart when she's like, it's okay. We had our seatbelts on, you know? So I have a question. Do you think Danny would have reacted this way if it had have just been him in the car? Oh no, 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 no. no. I, I think, think so. you I think he would have, you know, cussed a few times and it just keep going on his way. Yeah, laughed mm. it off. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it is interesting to me that He's so worried, and then he's so relieved, but then he also immediately understands he can't say anything about this to Sheila, Uh and it's just so telling. Like, as much as, yeah, you've mentioned Gina, he started in a completely different place. We've seen so much growth from this character, but in that moment, I thought, okay, this is going to fuck Maya up, and it does. She spends the rest of the episode mousing, and it is very disturbing. It is, yeah. Well, she took, you know, she took we can't talk about this literally, as to meaning I can't talk at all. Yeah, and I was about to ask both of you if you've seen Gerald's game, and then I remembered, oh yeah, we covered that, <laughs> the three of us. But it, And this is obviously a very different situation than what happens in Gerald's game, but it reminded mm-hmm. me of that. It's like that asking her not to talk about something traumatic yeah. is in itself a smaller form of abuse. And I'm not, I don't, yep. I'm not calling Danny abusive, but it is harmful, you know. Definitely harmful. I think to a certain point, Danny took some comfort in at least believing that he was a better, more present parent than uh-huh. Sheila. Yeah. And, 
you know, and th- this is a major fuck up. This is oh, this boy. is th- th- this is like way more than like you know forgetting the homework or sending the kid to school having eaten a donut instead of like a proper breakfast. Mm-hmm. Like they could have been killed. Yeah, yeah, this isn't just bad dad behavior. This right. is like, this holy is shit. completely <laughs> irresponsible. And you know, I think you know, it's this moment of I really don't have my shit together here. This mm-hmm. is breaking me up more than I thought. Yeah. yeah, but also I could permanently lose custody of my daughter. Right, so she I, might never let me see her again. Exactly, yeah. so I understand the desire to cover it up and pretend it didn't happen. It's just harmful, and I like that we see that it's harmful, you know, mm-hmm. in a light way. You know, I I don't think Maya's going to be scarred for life about this, because I, I don't think Danny's going to be able to keep this secret for too long. Like, I right. think his conscience is going to eat away at him, but, you know. Like yeah. so much cheese on a cracker. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most kids, I mean, granted, it's not always because their parents are driving drunk, but, you know, most kids experience like parents almost getting into a car accident. Yeah. And, and and it is very scary, but I, I don't know if anybody is, is permanently traumatized Scarred, by yeah. it. But I would, but, but on the other hand, as, as a parent, I would always assume the worst in these situations. <laughs> right. Like, like, oh my God, she's never going to get in a car again or anything like right. that. Yeah, or she's going to become mm-hmm. a mouse forever. <laughs> right, she's never going to speak again. Yeah. <laughs> so, Gina, you mentioned that we do lose Deb in this episode. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like the way that this ended up happening, where she has been supportive of him, but also... As far as supporting characters go on this show, I've been really impressed with how Physical has used Deb. She's felt fleshed out enough that I'm interested in her. She doesn't feel like she's just parachuting in to service the plot. Mm -hmm. But also, this felt like a natural breaking point. Like, I can understand why they were separated for a little bit. Because even though, yeah, she's a little bit, you know, party and she's off doing her own thing. She's been there for Danny. And he clearly even at this moment, does not appreciate what she's been doing. Like, he wants to blame her for what has happened. And it's like, no, Danny, like, you need to take responsibility for this. And I feel like Deb is one of the few people who has ever told him, you need to grow the fuck up. You mean Reggie, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, I completely agree with you. Yeah, she's not, she's no Jerry. No, 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 no. no. I I, I think that she was... You know, kind of a, a you know irresponsible person in her own way, mm-hmm. but you know she did kind of you know, pick up the slack for Danny, and all he's done is mope and complain and and you know and, and whine about his love life to her, and that that's gotta be insufferable after a certain point, and and you know and also she's like I'm giving you solutions and you're not taking them. Yeah. Right. You know, if you're lonely, then go down there and make friends. Go down to the pool or whatever the, the whatever the the other tenants socialize at, and yeah. go make friends. Like, well, I don't want to do that. And I, and I get what that's like. Cause I could be like that. You know, there's a, a a great comic strip where uh somebody says, you know, I'm mad, and somebody is holding up a, sol- a folder and says, here's a solution, and then the person <laughs> sets the, the folder on fire. And says, I don't want solutions. I want to be mad. <laughs> I'm sorry, are you talking about my mother-in-law? <laughs> yeah, well, it's like me. I'm exactly like that. Yeah. And, and I just so, want to be mad. Let me feel my fucking feelings. Exactly, right. And it's like, yeah. yeah, it's like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that perfectly rational idea. I want to be <laughs> right. mad and moping and feeling sorry for myself about this. Well, exactly. What I think is interesting about Deb is that I think she is an irresponsible person. 
But I think she also, she doesn't have kids, you know, and it's just mm-hmm. her. And so she has the luxury of just being mad. But right. I think she also recognizes that Danny, because he is a parent, does not have that much of the freedom to just kind of be in his feelings. Like he has got to pull it together a little bit. And I think she really, I give her a lot of credit for recognizing that she was helping, but the helping is starting to hurt now. Cause well, it's, he's taking advantage of her. Exactly. Oh, I was so mad when he said, Oh, it's because you left. And I'm really glad that she called him on that too. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, they, he and Sheila both have a, a very, bad habit throughout all three seasons of blaming their own behavior on other people uh, yes <laughs> each other yeah uh, maybe that's why they were once good for each other yeah you know and i think it's interesting that you know dev has been pushing him to to you know get out there and meet people and possibly mm-hmm. start dating it's like but not fidelia because she's she's too young for you mm-hmm. <laughs> which yeah. of course is exactly what he's doing <laughs> right and you you know you need someone your own age who who can you know create some level of stability mm-hmm. yeah. yeah which is why it's deeply ironic that we end the episode with him going back to her well and that's the thing because he calls after Deb leaves and I'm like he Mm -hmm. has got to have somebody in his life and like if this show were through Danny's perspective rather than Sheila's I think that would be a big part of his arc is like finding his own empowerment and figuring Mm -hmm. out how to be a parent on his own feet without waiting without having a woman to kind of soften the blow which I mean to be fair that's an arc a lot of men in the 80s Oh sure. I should have gone through, but you know. <laughs> I do like the 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 kind of um they zag on you by by thinking that he is trying to get a hold of Sheila. Yes. To to tell her what happened with the car accident. And because mm-hmm. he's like, I'm sorry, I just need to talk to you. And and he's actually trying to he's actually talking to Fidelia. Yeah. Yeah. He wants to, get, he wants to fuck his sorrow away. Sure. Fuck the pain away, as Peaches said. That's right. Yes, yes. And I mean, hey, we've all been there. I was going to say, you know what? It's effective. It is effective. It works. For like a minute or two. And then you're like, oh, I should. It's It's like, oh, I should have done that. Yeah. Now I've just got new problems. Like, oh, shit, my ex-wife is watching me. I loved the way this episode ended, though, like, because I never have wanted to push play on the next episode so badly. Well, with that in mind, do the two of you have any predictions or thoughts about where you would like to see it go? We're up to the penultimate episode. I mean, I think still think Danny could say, hey, you know, we're all here. We're all naked. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, Gina, over to you for realistic predictions. Sorry, that's my fanfic again. (laughs) I... Do you think that this is probably going to be the last we see of John Bream? I think that whatever okay. whatever confrontation Sheila and Danny may and should probably have about Fidelia, he's not. He's going to be like, "Well, I'm out of here. This is not. Right. This has nothing I didn't to do sign with up me." For this. Right? Which is, you know, that's perfectly reasonable. You know, I'm yeah. not getting involved. I'm not getting involved in whatever's happening here. You know, I just want to say goodbye. I say goodbye. Give so long. Mm. Are you saying he's going to go out with a bang? 
I mean, <laughs> almost. They didn't quite get there. Not because, quite yet. Because, you know, he had to go in with his gun and say, you're being, you're being burgled. <laughs> yep, patriarchy ruining our fun again. <laughs> I was terrified that we were going to get an accidental shooting because that's 100% what I did not want from this episode oh. or the show. Oh my god, could you imagine? I think that's a little too dark. I right. mean, the show's gone very dark, but I don't know if it's gone like someone accidentally getting killed dark. Yeah, mm. unless it's Maria, then I could see it. Oh my god. <laughs> no, not ki- Maria killing people. Oh, okay. Killing oh yeah, that's Maria. not that. That would be an accident, though. <laughs> like Maria going on a killing spree, yes. Yeah, right. that would be an accident. That, that still would be an accident. <laughs> Uh, all right, Jen, do you actually have any <laughs> realistic <laughs> predictions for us? Um, I Well, I, I'm just curious to see how they kind of get out of this mess and what's going to happen. I mean, I think Fidelia is definitely going to get fired. But right. I think I like the second half of this episode really sidetracks the business that they're building, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm really curious to see how that works out. If If Maria will actually ever you know get on board if they can get funding for this like i want i really want to see this happen for sheila so i'm hoping it does right yeah and i'm kind of wondering as we mentioned the ramifications of what's going to happen with maya because it does seem like the kind of thing where we're either going to never address it again or it will have to come out and there's only two episodes left so yeah i I really hope that they they don't do another mysterious time jump because that that Mm. that that seems to be a little copping out yeah I feel like we might save that for the finale. Like, I don't know if we'll get oh, one yeah. big time jump or if we get a scattered bunch just to catch everybody up and see, like, where did everyone end up over the course of five years? But Like Gossip Girl? Oh, yeah. yeah a little <laughs> bit like Gossip Girl. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be mad as long as it's not too long. Yeah, I have a love-hate relationship with it because sometimes it tells me, oh, you had way too much other things and you couldn't figure out how to wrap it up. So you had to give us this montage of time jumps. But in other ways, I do think there's something satisfying about seeing, okay, they're fine now, or maybe things are up in the air. What happens quite a bit down the road? Well, and this show is about the messy details, you know, and and I want to see those messy details. And I think they've done, for the most part, a good job of showing them to us and uh, you know i we've said it many times before but i i can forgive them rushing a little bit because of the just you know having to wrap it up and i want to end on a good note regardless Mm -hmm. of how we get there you know yeah all right well we will find out next week but until then uh jen if people wanted to talk fan fiction of having <laughs> sex in the car with john bream how would they get in touch you can find me at jim Ferratu on um, various social media platforms you can find me co-hosting the girls on the boys podcast and the losers club podcast and i will post it all at jim Ferratu. Excellent. And Gina, if people want to talk about the origin of curves with you, how would they get in touch? <laughs> uh, I write about television and movies at the spool.net. I co-host the Kill by Kill podcast. I have a substack, Gina watches things.substack.com, and I'm on Blue Sky and Instagram under Gina Does Things. Excellent. And if people want to get in touch with me, I can be reached at B Stole My Remote, and that's the letter B. And we'll thank the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network for hosting the show. Ladies, we've got two episodes left. We're up to the penultimate next week, but uh, I guess until then. 
Pottery. Lesbians. <laughs> Lesbians. No bad ideas in a brainstorm. Foursome? <laughs> <laughs> and good night. Anatomy of a Scream, Pod Squad.